0: Today's episode of Starkville is brought to you by GameTime. Time time for a little pop quiz. Do you think baseball postseason tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with GameTime, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you money. Uh, GameTime is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, Buy your tickets in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So you can download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, then you work that clock to your advantage and score last minute tickets.
1: A wild one in Starkville.
2: The party continues in Starkville.
0: He's a pleasant lad from Starkville. Greetings and welcome to Starkville. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for the athletic. Right now I'm writing about postseason baseball for the athletic. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, writer, broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer, Doug Glanville, and Doug, we're going to ask you about all those skills this week. Um, As I've mentioned to you over the years, uh, I refer to October as National Sleep Deprivation Month. So first question, Doug, how sleep-deprived are you right now after that game in Houston on Sunday night, which went till 1 o'clock in the morning in the East?
2: Well, you know how it is, Jay. I'm, on my side of the equation, there's a couple of things that are out of my control when it comes to sleep, like a three-year-old coming <laughs> down the stairs at three in the morning. Great. So sleep is just this horrible rumor that I heard about, but <laughs> it's just sort of like, you know, so one in the morning, three, whatever. I'm just, I'm just kind of up. So yeah. The Walking Dead would be very proud. Very proud of me.
0: Yeah, we should mention Every month is National Sleep Deprivation Month in the (laughs) Glanville household. But then there's me. Uh, Since the last time we spoke and taped a podcast and the time people are listening to this podcast, I will have covered five games in seven days in four (laughs) cities. (laughs) Tampa Bay, then to Houston, then to St. Louis. Right now I'm in Washington, D.C., so basically my frequent flyer miles are mounting. My hours of sleep are not mounting. <laughs> no. I'm I'm guessing you do not feel real sorry for me though, do you, Doug?
2: No, this is this is um pretty pretty standard major league life here. Although the the five cities in seven day four cities said four cities, five games, that's that's a little that's high level right there. Yeah, uh, so a, you're definitely you're definitely like a major league ball player. Yeah,
0: that's NBA Absolutely. like, right? Like it's almost, yeah, right. Uh, you know. <laughs> but I you mean, must have like platinum point. Are you like platinum everything? I'm like I am lifetime titanium with Marriott. Titanium. <laughs> Yeah, I went from they went from platinum to titanium, which really sounds impressive, but there's there's really no difference. <laughs> and uh then I have just, you know, airlines I just take whatever flight is most convenient. I don't care about that anymore. I've got a million miles where I want I don't want to go to the moon, It doesn't matter. Um and, you know the like the big thing about me in, in October is I- I'm sure you know this. I I'm most nights I am the last guy out of the press box I'm the last person out of the stadium except for the people that are vacuuming up all the, the crap that people leave under their seats and, and that's just because you know I'm trying to do something different from everybody else covering the postseason so like there' like I'll be there at one in the morning 1:30 in the morning trying to research stuff so I can put these games in the best possible perspective and you know people seem amused by it
2: um, but let me ask you Doug,
0: am I crazy? What am I doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate it. You know, the the, the diamond <laughs> nugget that you're looking for. Although I would say this, like, how come nobody? You know, this is the engineer in me. Why don't they invent some simpler garbage system where, like, underneath your seats, you could just like throw and it would just kind of go on a conveyor belt and the garbage? You know, I just like, why is it a, tra- like, That's why a is it a idea. tradition in baseball that people just throw garbage everywhere? I I just I hadn't figured that out. So yeah, if you right? need a better and, garbage system. Right, would we'll be good to go. I, I, it's true. And like those vacuums, I've written so many
0: words with those vacuums just verring <laughs> in my ears. And and then right. my my other favorite thing is I'm sitting there trying to write. You know, I might be the last person in the press box. It might be one or two other n- nuts like me who are in there. And the cleanup crew is literally... Like grabbing everything in sight around us, except us. You know, like the only thing that they don't grab is the the human beings sitting there at their keyboards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they would take my briefcase and throw it in the trash bag if they could. You know, but I stopped them because that's just me. Uh, my. Like, people have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's an awesome thing covering October, but this is what goes with it. It's really nuts. Um, all right, Doug, Doug, one more thing before we get started. Uh, I covered the Astros in the division series, I'm covering the Nationals now in the NLCS. In and so we have this big debate going in the press box who has the best rotation? So I thought, you know, it'd be fun to just kind of rank these four rotations that are remaining. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to Then I'm going to ask you to do it. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I'm going to go Nationals 1, Astros 2. And that's just because the Nationals go four deep. The Astros only go three deep. Uh, for Houston, Zach Greinke really hasn't been his Cy Young self. So that's how I figured that out. Then we've got Cardinals, Yankees. And this is a tough one, too. I went Cardinals 3, Yankees 4. And just because, you know, we'll get into this, but the Yankees, they're not looking for any kind of length or volume at all from their starters. They, they can't wait to get their bullpen guys into the game because that's really the strength of their team. So Nationals, Astros, Cardinals, Yankees, how would you rank them?
2: I mean, I, I like it. I would I would flip Houston and the Nationals. Uh, I mean, even though, yes, Ball Sanchez did, you know, incredible job. Game one, and there's no question that's changed the entire future of the Washington Nationals. Uh, but I like the fact that you have three guys effectively in Houston. Although, yes, Granke hasn't been super superstar uh, that can just take a game in their own hands and reset the bullpen completely. Like Corbin, Corbin doesn't look, you know, he's, I'm waiting for that big start from him. He's a big strikeout guy. Doesn't look like he's loved coming out of the bullpen, but And the other factor is just that the starters for the the Nationals are seen as relievers. Also, it's a lot; it's a tall order. The the percentage (laughs) of innings that they're expected to carry. So I don't know how how they're going to pull it off. It's a magical run, and if they do, it's going to be one of the more genius strategies we've seen. But I don't know how much there's going to be at the tank. You know, Game Seven of the World Series.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, we'll talk about this as we go along, but that. They're trying to do what the Red Sox did last year. There's no such thing as a starter or reliever. There's multitaskers. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, okay, now for those of you who are new to Starkville, no, we are now available at the Apple Podcast Emporium, Spotify. TuneIn, in and everywhere podcasts are sold. So here's how this works. Uh, We divide the podcast up into innings. We start every inning with a trivia question. uh, And you can find the first four innings pretty much everywhere, every podcast platform known to humankind. But we have bonus innings available on the Athletic app and the Athletic website, which also includes the update on our fabulous, stupid baseball bet, which has big developments this week. So if you want to keep listening – and also get a 40% discount on a subscription to The Athletic. You just have to click on the link where you found us in the first place. Everybody got that? Tremendous. Now let's play our game. Doug, here's the first inning question. Before Carlos Correa's walk-off home run Sunday, the Yankees hadn't given up a walk-off homer in the postseason In 15 years. So can you name the last player to hit a walk-off home run against the Yankees in the postseason? You've heard of him.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Well, the good thing about this question is minus 15, 2019, we're in 2004. (laughs) So that's Boston. Red Sox knocking them off. So I'll just go with someone like David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Must have had some big home run in there. Yeah, you think? Uh, that,
0: that is correct. Uh, David Ortiz with the extra inning walk-off in Game 4 of that 2004 ALCS. That was the game that started the comeback for the ages from down 3-0. to zero. Do you remember who gave up the homer since you're so sure of yourself?
2: Ooh, who did give up that homer? I'll tell you. Ooh.
0: I'll tell you. Yeah, it's you Paul, tell it's me Paul Quantrill. Gave it up in the 12th inning. Um, It was incredible. And so that's a good way to start our conversation about the ALCS. Um, We're taping this the morning after an epic game two in Houston ended with the Carlos Correa walk-off. What a game. Four hours and 49 minutes. 85 batters headed for home plate. 15 pitches in that game. Nine of them from the Yankees, including their new legendary Lugie, the left-handed, one-batter specialist,
2: C.C. Sabathia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Doug, how great was that game, huh? Uh, it was a great game. I mean, and I, I actually went back after. There's a nice feature Buster only has on, on Carlos Correa growing up in Puerto Rico and how his, his dad took an extra job, actually two extra jobs, to pay for his coaching and also to master English. Uh, so I, I was like, you know, thought it was a great thing for my kids to watch. So, you know, what a story that he has of how hard he works. And you could tell these Astros hitters are always trying to shoot the ball to right field. <laughs> they, they just have a knack of anything away. They still have the swing yeah. to go deep. And I was waiting for it to happen. He kept seeing these foul balls. Aaron Judge, righties are trying to go that way. And, and he finally popped one.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, he did say afterwards that was exactly what he was trying to do. And here's the meaning of that win for the Astros, because I I looked this up because the series I'm covering, Nationals-Cardinals, was almost the same thing. Teams that lose the first two games of a best-of-seven league championship series at home. It's happened 12 times before this year. Know what the record is of those 12 teams? 0-12. Uh, wow. So that was probably a season-saving home run that Carlos Correa hit. And uh, as we said, tremendous game. Now they go to New York where a guy named Garrett Cole will be pitching for the hmm. Astros in game three. And it changes everything. So uh, I, I want to ask you a question, Doug, I've been thinking about since I watched Garrett Cole do his thing in the last round. Um, before I ask you the question, just want to run through Garrett Cole's postseason so far. 54 batters, struck out 25 of them, six hits, one run on a solo homer, 52 swings and misses. That's the most by any pitcher in any series in the pitch count era. And I, I should remind you, in between Garrett Cole's two starts in the division series— you know, he comes off the mat in, in the eighth inning of game two, gets back after game five. In between, the Rays hit 351 against everybody else, but couldn't touch him. Six hits in two games. And so here's my question. This is serious. Who that you've seen had better, pure stuff than Garrett Cole? Pedro? Randy Johnson? John Smoltz? The young Verlander?
2: Anybody? You played baseball. You've seen some great stuff. Yeah, well, thank goodness I'm watching it on TV. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Right? It's it's like this guy. But I'd say Pedro Martinez. I mean, because Pedro Martinez had the velocity, the movement. He also had these other secondary pitches that were every bit as effective and nasty as the fastball. And, And you had to adjust 20 miles an hour differences uh, he could throw it throw it at any time uh, they he could use them almost like if you imagine it this way you always think of someone being aggressive throwing a fastball. He's aggressive with secondary pitches his stuff is so sharp that he can attack with a curveball and and that's what that's all Pedro Martinez in my mind uh, I mean I faced the first time I saw Pedro Martinez's curveball I I had like an out of body experience like, <laughs> I, I I thought it was gonna hit me I and I froze. And it actually ended up down in the way for a strike on the outer <laughs> corner, and I was like, "What in the world was that?" Like it, it would have been worth. It would have been better if I dove out of the way. That's how bad it was because I, <laughs> I I could not swing if I could save my life. So, but the movement and the um, you know, just so that that's the guy that to me takes Garrett Cole and 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 he probably throws a little bit harder, which is makes it even more scary.
0: Yeah, well, he. I mean, he, this guy is ninety eight miles an hour. Not even, yeah. 98, 90, 90, 100. The first start, he hit 100 in his last inning out oh, yeah. there. The the last start, he hit 99 twice after he got to 100 pitches. It, you know, a quick word about Pedro. Besides just the amazing stuff, Pedro was a genius. He had ESP. He knew exactly what the hitter was thinking, <laughs> right? The, he, knew, he knew more about what the hitter was thinking than the hitter knew. Um, so he, there was nothing like watching Pedro, but just pure stuff. I'd put up – I. Put up Garrett Cole with anybody I have ever anybody. seen. Yeah, and uh, one more. This just a quick question. Garrett Cole pitches Tuesday at Yankee Stadium. Did grow up a Yankee fan. It's so a quick question. The next time he pitches at Yankee Stadium after this game, will he be wearing the uniform of the Yankees or somebody <laughs> else? I'm sure you might have heard this. He's a free agent this winter.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think – Cowley could be somewhere in California, isn't he? A, a UCLA guy. Yeah, um, so Do- okay. the Dodgers yeah. could use a hand. The Dodgers could use a, like, you know, Kershaw's kind of slowly migrating out of that sort of ace status. And they could use Cole. Uh, he, you know, Joe Madden, if he's in the angel uniform, would be a great recruiter uh, for Cole because, you know, play with Trout. So, so that's you if no. you want to go home. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Yes, I'm sorry. Short answer, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing he's going to be Dodger Stadium uh, and then maybe the Angels if they go sign some other key players.
0: All right, I'm going to say yes. I, like, this is going to be another one of those Scott Boris marathons where, you know, you, you have to be willing to hang in there till March the 3rd or something to sign them. And, um, you know, the Yankees didn't dip under that luxury tax threshold for nothing, pal. The reason to do it is for a contract like this, for a player like this. um, I, I think that happens. But that's a really good way to segue into the next inning. In game two of the ALCS, the Yankees used nine pitchers, nine of them. But, you know, they're not the only team that used nine pitchers in a game in this postseason. Can you name the other team?
2: Oh wow! Seemed like everybody used like at least seven. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, the Twins because when Dobnak pitched, I know he was made legendary because of the Uber. Uh, he was out by the third inning, and that game did not go well. So uh, so I'm gonna throw the Twins at it. Uh, that's a good guess. It's wrong.
0: Uh, the actual answer is the Rays. Just did it in game five of that division series against the Astros, and they did it in a nine-inning game, because they had a very similar approach to the Yankees. Uh, Couldn't wait to get their relievers into the game. And so, like, it made me think, Doug, we have reached a fascinating point in the life of baseball in general, and postseason baseball in particular. Uh, We did talk about the best rotations at the top of this show, but... We have teams like the Astros and Nationals who are still trying to win the way teams have always won by building their staff around the best starters they can round up. And they use everybody else in their staff as little as they possibly can. But then we have teams like the Rays and even the Yankees. They don't care about getting any length out of their starters because they love their relievers. So they will run all of them out there in any game if that's what has to happen. And so in game two, the Yankees started the guy who was theoretically their best starter this year, James Paxton, right? And yet they still used nine pitchers because Aaron Boone came to get Paxton in the third inning down one nothing. So, Doug, here's my question because this is a deep philosophical question in baseball right now. What's the best way – to win, to win the World Series. Is it the old-fashioned way or the new-fashioned way?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's fun to watch this because it is kind of a referendum on bullpens. When you look at the Astros versus the Yankees, you know, the Astros have the steady, dependable guys that are going to go into the eighth, you know, go deep in the ball game, hand it off. And the Yankees are like, whatever, we don't care. Just, we have enough arms. Uh, I, I think, if you look at the season, you see a lot of disastrous bullpens, including the Nationals. So maybe from the standpoint of the regular season, the bullpen seems to be in a, a crisis now where there might have to be more of a shift where deeper games are gone. Because you know, the Nationals got in there with almost six ERA out of their bullpen. I mean, I mean that's that's horrible, uh, historically so. But, but yet in the postseason, you can get away with it a little with all these days off. And the days off used to be, OK, Mariano Rivera is your closer. He can pitch in twice as many games or in a rate twice as fast because it's the postseason. You have these built-in days off uh, where you don't have it during the regular season. But now they say, no, we get to rest our entire bullpen and we could use our entire deck of cards to come out. So I do think the bullpen has a rebirth in the postseason. Uh, but i you know I, I like to think that you know and i'm definitely from a tradition standpoint you know i like the idea that starters can go deep and then hand it off to a specific bullpen in a specific setup that to me is a better situation than relying on six or seven guys versus two or three and the astros are way more equipped to do that uh although you know what grankie's get get knocked around guys are not quite as sharp but i i think that the Ideal world is having a good bullpen, but having a starter that can hand it off in the best situation. Yeah, I think this
0: is really a simple math. And the more pitchers you have to run into the game, the more chance one of them, two of them, three of them, aren't going to be good that night, (laughs) right? The fewer pitchers you have to rely on, uh, if you can swing it, the better off you are. And, you know, I'm always fascinated by the fact that the uh, the Astros are the most data-driven team in the sport. And how did they build their team, Doug? They built it around their starters. And so I think there's a moral to that story. My only concern, and we're seeing this with the Nationals, with the Astros to some degree, we saw it with the Dodgers – when you're managing these games to avoid this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy, it it's tough to win that way. So, I mean, <laughs> the best idea is have a great re- rotation, have a great bullpen too, and you're in great shape. But I, I like yeah. if I had a choice, I would go build around starters, and I actually think most teams in baseball would too, just sometimes that's just not how it works out. Let's go to the third inning. Doug, here is your third inning question. I mentioned I am covering the Nationals Cardinals series, and I've got a question for you about the Nationals rotation. Their four starters, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Sanchez, have covered 56 of the 72 innings that their team has pitched in this (laughs) postseason. That's wild, right? So my question is, which of their other pitchers have pitched has pitched the most innings this October
2: wow um well how about a Sean Doolittle he seems like he's out there every day <laughs> <laughs> because he
0: is yeah that's that's correct Sean Doolittle <laughs> is the answer of their actual relievers he's gotten 17 outs five and two-thirds innings and he he's back Doug he's he yeah. looks the best he's looked since uh, earlier this season before before they had no choice but to just abuse him every day. And Mike Rizzo, the Nationals general manager, uh, he, he just fits into what, what we just talked about. He's always believed that you build your team with starting pitching. And like, how's that working out for them this October? Um, one thing that we learned, I think, from the first two games of this NLCS is – if your starters never give up a hit, you got a really good chance of winning. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right. That's their strategy, right? That, that's what happened in the first two games. It was amazing. Game one, Anibal Sanchez took a no-hitter into the eighth. Game two, Max Scherzer took a no-hitter into the seventh. And, D- Doug, you know how many times during the entire regular season any team had starters take a no-hitter into the seventh inning's in back-to-back games that would be no times none (laughs) (laughs) and the other crazy thing uh, how many times in the history of the postseason before this had starting pitchers taken a no hitter through six innings in back-to-back games only one other time and because baseball is awesome It was the same two pitchers six years ago in the same order, except for different teams, 2013 Tigers, 2019 Nationals. And uh, so I now have a question for Professor Glanville. What were the odds of that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Huh? Tell me that, pal. I uh, I mean, baseball has its own odds. So I mean, Right. what what you think is zero becomes one real quick in baseball it's it's amazing so <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but yeah i i, I mean you know and you think back in the day throwing 56 out of 72 innings in the 80s is no big deal you know you, you you threw out these you know deck of aces and they went seven they went eight they went nine innings but today that is a remarkable number 56 out of 72 innings right because some, of which, relief, some yeah. of which were in relief and some of which were in relief
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Sanchez hasn't pitched in relief, but the other three guys have all pitched in very significant relief situations too. Um, but, you know, because we had back-to-back no-hit bids, Doug, you played baseball. So, Doug, the former baseball player, I want you to talk about the best
2: back-to-back pitching performances that you remember facing. Oof, wow, wow. Well, I mean, I, I've, I definitely faced – Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling. Um, so that was always uh, a, a nightmare in and of itself. I don't know if I could <laughs> right? statistically remember, but it, the thing that stood out to me when I thought about this back-to-back possibility was the 1997 Chicago Cub, that we lost the first 14 games of the season. Now, it sounds horrible, and it, and it was pretty bad, but if you look at the people we, that pitched against us, you kind of go, oh, okay, I get it. Because, like, keep in mind, they had three Hall of Famers in that rotation, right? So, now the Marlins, so this is what happened. We play the Marlins and the Braves, and then the Marlins and then the Braves, right? So, that's like 0 and 12 right there. Kevin Brown, Al Leiter, Alex Fernandez, right? Okay. Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, Leiter, Fernandez. Then they threw in like Denny Nagel, who was really pretty good. Maddox again. And then we went to Colorado, right? So we we hit the Hall of Fame tour. We might as well have been like Bob Gibson, you know, Sandy Koufax. I mean, that's what we faced. So I expected <laughs> us to lose quite a bit and and you know, or at least be close. And we did. Four to two, four to three, eight to two, five, 4 11 five, four-nothing, <laughs> five-three, one-nothing, two to one, six to four. I mean, that's that was the start of our season. So that was looking back, was by far the worst two weeks I've ever seen in terms of the best pitching we're facing. So, I feel like that set the tone for how difficult it is to face these triple Cy Young rotations and in this <laughs> case, triple Hall of Fame rotation. Yeah, I just called that up and uh, even like even
0: when you finally won that year, it was on a day you lost because it was a doubleheader. You faced <laughs> Exactly. You faced Dave Malicki. After all the after all the Cy Youngs and Hall of Famers, Dave Malicki showed up so Thanks for stopping by, Dave. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Uh, Wow. Um, Okay, Doug, time for this week's listener question. Uh, Our favorite time in every Starkville because it allows you, our favorite listeners, to be a part of this podcast and achieve your very own 15 seconds of fame. We'll tell you how to do that in a minute. But uh, here's the idea of the question. You submit a question that Zuri, the outgoing evil mayor of Starkville, or Cam, the newly elected mayor of Starkville, decides will definitely stump me and Doug and will provide a fun topic for us to kick around. So here comes this week's question. And Doug, it comes from one of the great statistical geniuses of our time, Christopher Kemka. And Doug, I know you work with Chris at NBC Sports Chicago. He comes up with some amazing tidbits. His Twitter handle is at kamka C-K-A-M-K-A. You should definitely follow this guy. He's great. And he asks us a fantastic question. Who has played in the most career postseason games without any of those games coming for or against a New York team? So wow. I thought about this, Doug, and I think the answer is Yadier Molina. He has played the most postseason games in the history of the National League. The Cardinals have not played the Yankees in the postseason during his career. So that, like logically, it feels like
2: it's him. That would
0: be my guess. What do you have?
2: And there's no... You know the Mets. He didn't play because I always think of Carlos Beltran, right? The 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 big curveball hurt around it's the a good world. One too. When was that? When was that curveball? Because you know, it was, was Molina on well, that, that team? that was the
0: Cardinals Mets. Uh, that's the the Wainwright curveball you're thinking of, right? Uh, Cardinals- yeah, Mets. yeah. And he played in the postseason with a lot of teams. However, one of them was the Yankees, so it can't be him.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if like that, the Molina was on that team. Um, what about, what about like, uh, well, it's not, oh, that doesn't work. I was going to say the Phillies, but they played the Yankees in the world series. Right. And then wow. all those Red Sox I,
0: teams played the Yankees. I thought about Albert Pujols, right? There's yeah, a guy. Wow. Uh, Chipper's Braves teams played the Yankees a couple of times. Yeah, So, man, that's, that's like, oh I think, uh, all right, Zuri, our guess, I think is Yadier Molina. Or like or you, Barry, wait, yep.
2: you, well, you say one, and I'll just throw a random guess. How about yep. like Barry, Barry, not Barry Bonds, yeah, someone like, <laughs> some giant. Barry Bonds, why not? Okay. <laughs> all right, what do you got, the, Zuri?
1: These are great guesses, and I love this question. Uh, Yadi and Pujols both played the Mets in the 06 NLCS in that curveball series. Yeah. Um, the correct answer is actually David Fries, uh, who's played 69 oh, wow. career postseason games. Yeah. And uh, oh. he's never, never played the Mets, never played the Yankees. Yeah,
2: that's, that's a good one. Retired, too. That, he retired? that really
0: yeah. is a tremendous question. And Doug, be, before we get into the, the, the topic that um, arises from this question, I, 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 we need to do something here. We need to say farewell to our outgoing mayor of Starkville, Zuri. Now, last week... Uh, Zuri, you you know you you were not with us. We accused you of fleeing Starkville in the middle of the night, obviously (laughs) to escape indictment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but but but
0: you can confirm that that's not true because you're
1: back. That's that's not true. I'm back. Apparently, I left my wallet in Starkville, and I'm here. (laughs) Um, I'm here on a temporary basis, but I am here to say goodbye. And it's been it's been a real treat and an absolute pleasure to work on the show. And I thank you both for allowing me to um, to uh, resume my role as mayor, even if just for one week. Yeah, well,
0: uh, it, it's been awesome working with you. You're not really evil. It's just a, it's <laughs> one of those podcast jokes we like to make. Fair uh, Zuri puts in an incredible amount of time to make this show possible. He... He comes up with a million of these trivia questions that uh, Doug gets wrong. Uh, I, I like. I personally could not put uh, put this thing together without Zuri and uh, Doug. I know you'll miss Zuri. He guides us through all kinds of technical malfunctions and sends us microphones <laughs> after we break ours. And it's been, uh, Zuri, thanks yeah, for everything. Man.
1: Gosh, thank you, Jason. I'm going to clip that sound bite off and I'll use it as my voicemail uh, for the rest of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank thank you both. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Zuri, thank you, man. And and I just remember it was an idea that came from this this experience that Jason and I have shared through the game all these years and, and you brought it to life. It's something Jason and I always kicked around. So I appreciate the the time oh. you put in. I remember that very first meeting we had when we were kicking the show around. So Thank yeah. you for so much and your commitment to it. Oh
1: gosh, it's been a real pleasure, and I look forward to listening um, next year and in, and into the postseason.
0: <laughs> okay, well, well, you know, we <laughs> might drag you back at any time. You never know. <laughs> yeah. But um, so so don't don't you know, like don't completely clean up your mayor's office. <laughs> okay,
1: gotcha.
0: <laughs> all right, gotcha. All right, all right. Now, part of the deal with these trivia questions, the reader trivia questions, is we don't just get them wrong. We use it as an opportunity to talk about an idea that the question inspires. So. I actually have a deep philosophical question growing out of this week's trivia question, Doug. Here it is: Will would he have a more compelling World Series this year if the Yankees are playing in it, or if they're not? If the Astros are playing in it, and we know how Yankee fans would answer that question, <laughs> but I, I think the answer is actually the Astros. Um, did you know, Doug, that the Astros have a chance to do something? no Yankees team has ever done in the history of their franchise Uh, because the Astros have now won 100 games three years in a row and if they also win the World Series in two of those three years that would be something no team has done since the 1942-43-44 Cardinals and no Yankees team somehow or other has ever done. So just so people understand and Doug I know you do I don't root for any team or any World Series matchup. That's the honest truth. But I do root for history, great stories, historic achievements. The Astros can make some, so I'm going to go with them. But, Doug, what do you think makes the World Series more compelling? And you can take this any way you want, from TV ratings to the whole the Yankees win every year, whining, even though that isn't true. (laughs) Whatever works for you. What would you vote?
2: Yeah, well, knowing that we – Always appreciate things like hot dog launchers. Uh, yeah. Our perspective is a little bit skewed as to, like, <laughs> even in the historic sense, because <laughs> we find <laughs> that little <laughs> nugget underneath the rug of the. Yeah. Of, yeah. So, uh, so I, uh, you know, so no question. Uh, you know, I love the Astros from the standpoint of, you know, all the analytics and the NASA engineers and all the, you know. Right. Uh, so, but you know, what's compelling about Yankees, I mean, you know, I know there's always these East Coast bias. I grew up outside of New York and I was not a Yankees or Mets fan. Uh, but um, it's, it's sort of what it means to the Nationals. If the Nationals get in and they... I have this storyline of this team that was obscure and didn't even have a franchise for a long time. And that's such a crazy story against this legacy juggernaut, the New York Yankees, that have been around since like, you know, 10, you know, 10 AD or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of, yeah you know, that, that to me is fascinating because we, we talked at one point this week, right, about how the Nationals bounce and and their history of not even existing and the expos and all that. So, so for me, it's like two polar opposite worlds coming together. And that's what I like about the Yankees and the Nats. Uh, Okay,
0: then. And uh, just, so let's, let's explain this. Uh, What Doug just said and what I just said, Yankee fans. This does not mean we hate your team, okay? <laughs> I know that's what everybody thinks. We hate your team. We hate the Yankees. No, we don't. If the Yankees are in the World Series, I would be happy to spend the last week of October at Yankee Stadium. There's nothing like it, okay? That all. We got that straight? Fine, great. Uh, all right, now next week, this reader trivia question, listener trivia question could come from you. You just have to submit a trivia question via either Twitter or email, and then whoever is the mayor next week... <laughs> We'll pick it, we'll get it wrong, then we'll do it again. Uh, If you would like to submit it via email, we have an inbox. It is Starkville, with an E, at theathletic.com. Or you can send in these questions via Twitter. You can find me at Jason with a
2: -A Y-S-T, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Doug, how can they find you? Oh, piece of cake. At Doug Glanville, just one word, D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. Hit me on Twitter. Right. And just hashtag
0: those questions with hashtag Starkville with an EQS. Uh, that's going to do it for Starkville for some of you. But if you're an athletic subscriber, you can keep listening. You can do that at the athletic app or the athletic website. And if you would like to be an athletic subscriber, you just go find the link you first clicked on to find us here. It'll get you 40% off a one year subscription to the athletic. What a deal. Uh, So for those of you leaving us, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week on Starkville.